Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist based in Kansas City. And I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy good conversation about love, heartache, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over and probably listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Keep Them Coming is going to be a little spicy today because I have Risa Pinkerton, who's a model, entrepreneur in the making, yoga and movement teacher, and a meditation guide. And uh, she's also got a spicy account on OnlyFans. I'm looking forward to getting an update on what OnlyFans has been like since I wrote about it. But thanks so much for being on this episode with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It will be my first podcast. So. Ah! first podcast yes <laughs> I like popping that cherry <laughs> done it for a few people it's a lot of fun I promise to take it easy on you because really it's the best episodes are just when people feel like they're a fly on the wall for a conversation between two friends so I'm sure we'll be able to do that today those are the uh, ones I love too yeah so I have followed you online for a while. I, I, I see you followed me back, so thank you. But mm -hmm. uh, tell, tell me, tell everyone a little bit more about yourself. Well, um, I am just a creative. I, that's how I identify most. And mm -hmm. it's taken many forms from, from my dancing to my modeling to um, now a spicy account on OnlyFans. So I just... All of my creation has been for self-discovery and self-expression. And then once I kind of noticed it was inspiring slash helping people along the way, I decided I should probably look at myself like someone who can inspire and help people along the way. So just. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Did you start dancing as like a kid? And Oh, yes. Uh, I think age four. Mm -hmm. It was it's in my bones now. <laughs> I love that. You know, I did dance classes when I was little, like three to eight. Mm -hmm. And I really loved it as a child. But then we, we moved and we just didn't find another dance studio. But it's something I've really thought about getting back into as an adult. Oh, do it. I uh, Picking up adult classes has been, has just added a whole other dimension to my relationship with dance because it's like you have a, an adult body now that does different things. <laughs> yes, yes. And I... There is something about dance and movement that just, it shakes things loose. It, it is a great stress reliever, but it connects you to your body. It definitely moves emotion through your body. Um, that's kind of how I've used it for myself. Well, I might have to connect with you. Or do you teach anywhere right now? I'm doing privates um, and I, most of my scheduling I've done through my social media accounts. So there's a, you can get to my phone number and email all through my Instagram uh, and my Facebook. So I prefer to do one-on-ones just because I like to speak to that person. I like to see what their needs are and I try to meet them where they're at. And it's harder to do with 20 people staring in front of you. <laughs> this is very true. Very yeah. true. Well, speaking of your Instagram account, that was how I saw that you've got the OnlyFans page. So how long have you been doing OnlyFans? Oh, so it all started um, during the pandemic, I think, with a lot of people. So yeah, I guess yes. we're going on year two now, uh, very new to it. But it has been a journey for sure. <laughs> 
Well, because you were in the service industry and also modeling. So yeah. I'm sure shit changed when everything closed down for you. And oh, very much so. Yeah, it was a a lot of people that were in that industry that made a switch. They either found like a way to teach classes online. If they were maybe musicians. Um, I know mm-hmm. Musical.ly has been popular for some people, but yeah, OnlyFans, even not just for spicy stuff, but OnlyFans put a lot of, it kept a lot of people out of poverty. It kept Absolutely. a lot of people's like roofs over their heads. It put food on the table. Um, and that was one of my biggest problems with what they tried to pull with changing the user agreement this last fall. Oh, absolutely. That was so stressful. Um, It was really, I mean, how I kind of got into it and my reasons behind it have all changed and morphed and have gone in so many different directions. But at first it was like bare minimal. I do modeling and there's just a lot of stuff that Instagram won't won't take. So I was like, perfect. Mm -hmm. Here's a place I can put it. And then um, as I found other creators and saw what other people were doing on there, it opened my eyes to all that I could do on there. So I did start just, you know, dancing, like my morning coffee dance. Like I dance in the morning and I was like, why don't I just hit record? And then all of a sudden there's people who like it. And there's people who are expecting morning coffee dances with Marisa (laughs) or, and so it's, taken so many different directions. And then as I, um, because it's primarily a sex work engine, um, I've seen all of the directions and facets that that takes um, and how many creators and how they've gone about doing their own form of it. And um, so it's even just changed my sexuality and how I move inside my body with myself alone. and I'm sure with other people, I'm sure my partners has seen some, some new things. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. OnlyFans is an interesting platform. I mean, it, it's not just about porn, but it is, yeah. I mean, that's the predominant thing yeah. that has uh, driven their sales, you know, like that's, that's their revenue model. And exactly. certainly there's, there's musicians and other artists or even, you know, dance instructors, things like that who are not doing anything that's nude. It's not sex acts. It's not sex work, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what just really killed me was not only did they, they grow and made their money off of that, but then there's some things that are sort of considered sex work adjacent things yeah. like fine art, nude modeling, where yeah. just because a vulva or a butt or a nipple is showing, it's not necessarily sexual. It's just yeah. bodies, but they were going to ban all that content and then they wavered on it and then they just you know backtracked. But that just, the whole thing yeah. got me crazy. And it just like, it, it to me, it showed a lot about, I mean, I, I think it also shows what we think about women. I mean, it. I don't like it that this is how it feels, but it feels like the world slash society sees us as sexual objects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if we can show male nipples on social media, but we can't show female nipples. Yeah, something. That's the easiest way to distinguish yep. the difference between male and female bodies being sexualized. Hmm. Hmm. So, did you try to make any changes, or did you just kind of like ride it out when? 
uh, um, I prepared myself to make a, a lot of changes. Um, sat down with uh, Bella to find direction on the other things like Patreon to put my modeling up there and other sites that are like OnlyFans, but just different um, Mm because there are a ton of them. And so I sat down with a bunch of people who were already in those sites and I prepared myself to make the change, but I did keep my, my OnlyFans up. I made stuff super discounted, started to just like, um, you know, replay the last year for my fans who were there while we were kind of waiting and out. And then once they did the flip flop back mm-hmm. and the many more updates, I was just like, you know what? Um, it's a tool and I'm going to use it as a tool. And for as long as it's good for me and the people who have found this site because of me. So as yeah. long as I, I feel like my people are taken care of and as long as I'm like I'm taking care of I'm gonna be on it um yeah I think you probably just did what a lot of people did which was prepare for the worst but mm-hmm. you know when they backtracked it was easy just be like okay well, like I guess I'll just keep going here and and let it serve its purpose for now and like other platforms that have sort of either come and gone or we've not seen our audience really interact with us as much on one platform and we've switch our focus to another. I think that's just part of that, that entrepreneurship aspect. Oh, yes. And I'm so, learning. About it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned our mutual friend, Bella, uh, the listeners may know her as Bella tricks or treat who was on my episode. Nudity is not synonymous with sex. It is not. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, in the entrepreneur side, I think that is, it's something that you have to get out there and learn and, and be diligent in taking in the information. It doesn't just fall into your lap about how to actually make yourself a brand and turn this into a, a business that you can survive on. Oh yeah. So how how are you? Uh, I guess you, you know you just mentioned that you've you've talked to some some friends about what you're going to do, but how are you trying to shift to into making this like modeling and all this stuff your full time focus? Um. Honestly, it takes a lot of self-work. Um, I think my personal biggest um, way of going about this has just been kind of healing all the parts that feels like it can't be a business. Mm-hmm. feels like my life isn't a business um, and kind of recognizing that all I mean, I just said this to someone the other day they're they're a writer and um they want to make a book. And so we were talking about how all the creative stuff is in there, but the only way that you have a product at the end, or the only way that you have a paycheck at the end is as if you put the logic and the systems into the creativity. Mm-hmm. So it's just been about taking every aspect of the content creation from the modeling to the dancing, to the yoga, to the sensual videos and harnessing the creative space, staying in that. And then once I've reached the end of that creativity, then knowing when it's time to put on the businesswoman hat Mm -hmm. and look at all of the content and the pictures and the um, conversations and putting a method to the madness, um, Mm -hmm. listening to as much Gary V without (laughs) 
without while staying a feminine woman <laughs> oh my gosh he uh, yeah i've definitely pulled nuggets of wisdom from some of the things that he said but yeah. overall i still am just like god that guy oh. yeah. <sighs> anyway. I hate uh, that I have to do this, but some just taking on some of those, like what I feel like are kind of more masculine qualities or more just structural um, or just kind of how our society's built. Our society's built on structure and mm -hmm. recognizing if I want my art in this structure, if I want to have the benefits of the structure in my art, then I gotta, I gotta learn it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. That was how I sort of felt when I was trying to build this as a business. Um, mm -hmm. And I definitely had some of those same feelings that I needed to overcome about like, can I actually make this my full-time thing? Can I actually like, make money off this? Are people going to actually want me to provide this thing for them? Yeah. So yes, the self-work. <laughs> oh my gosh, so many people don't understand how important that is. Oh yeah. And then I think honestly with OnlyFans specifically or the spicy and honestly any spicy site, I think coming from serving and bartending actually helped. Mm -hmm. Um, so how, when girls reach out to me or anyone reaches out to me wanting to start this kind of a entrepreneurial work and their question is, does anybody want this? Will anybody buy this? I go back to my bartending, like you're going to get the guy at your bar who wants to, like, they all want to have $50 in their pocket. You're going to have the guy who wants to spend $50 worth of PBRs at 275. And then you're going to get the guy who's going to buy maybe three, uh, McLevitt's scotch mm -hmm. and spends $50. And so that's, um, kind of how I've done a lot of my entrepreneurial stuff. And for some people, I know that can be exhausting, like um, trying to meet everybody's needs. And then in that case, I say, just what, what are you? Are you the scotch or are you uh, everybody's favorite light beer, you know? Um, and then just sell yourself like that. Um, whether it be your, your yoga, your meditation practice, your dancing, whatever, that's kind of how how it works for me because I want yeah. to reach people. I see, are, are, do they want scotch whiskey or do they want a bunch of PBRs? And that's how I go about it. Yeah. People who have been in the service industry, I think make excellent entrepreneurs because you, you're really a salesperson. Oh, you yeah. know, it, it's, you are trying to show a bit of yourself and your personality, your charm, your charisma. So you're selling yourself and then you're selling like your product. If it's the, the liquor you've got behind you or the things on the menu. And then mm -hmm. you're selling the company, which is like the establishment that they're in. It's, and then when you're an entrepreneur, it's still the selling yourself. Now the product may be you or the thing that you are teaching or mm -hmm. the content that you're selling. Um, and then like you're selling them overall on the value of the thing. So uh, that salesperson, it's a necessary aspect. I think of people's personality to be successful in entrepreneurship. You've got to have a modicum of like salesperson skill. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you've got, you've definitely, you have, I think that you have waited on me at a, I've waited on you before. <laughs> Where was this? I dragged my memory. Extra virgin. Oh, yes. I would go there almost every Wednesday. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Service industry night. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was always working service industry night when I was yes. there. So yeah, I, I have a thing for faces. I never forget a face once I've seen you. So like when she came in, I was like, oh, she's a regular. Okay. Don't you, you always had awesome earrings. I feel like, I feel like I've yeah. complimented earrings on yes. you. Yeah. That was my thing. Cause you know, we all look alike. So that was the only thing we could really. <laughs> when do. you've got yeah. your t-shirt, your extra virgin t-shirt and you got want to be still a person. Yes. That was, that was probably my favorite serving job. I worked at California. I was doing weddings for a long time. So I, mm -hmm. I don't really think I was, I don't feel like I was a server there. I was just a banquet staff and bartender, but yeah, yeah I had a lot of good times at extra virgin, met some really cool people. I can't remember where it was that you waited on me. Oh, I've been everywhere. Voltaire, Lemonade Park, um, Frickin' Frack. It was Frickin' Frack. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to go in there all the time. That was my like my hometown bar slash restaurant. I, they, I worked there for, I think, right when I turned 21. And then they helped me get into my first apartment. They watched me up and leave for India for a month. They took me back after that. I really do like that place. I've known Leighton for a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I used to go there every other Friday on payday Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. But I still do enjoy a taco Saturday there. So, mm, yes. Yeah. I don't even call it a dive restaurant because the food, you walk in and it doesn't look like much, but the food is fucking amazing. Oh, yes. I still get cravings for their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I'm gonna have to go get some fried zucchini. So, <laughs> anyway, um, of course. I mean, I'm a relationship and sex coach, so I am yeah. curious you know, what your dating life is like. These last two years have all been new to me in my dating life. Um, from going from a solo non-monogamous, and that was very new. Um. I had ended a four-year relationship in my early 20s. And so it was about two years of solo non-monogamy for a while until I met my partner now. And um, through trying to do non-monogamy in a partnership, I've discovered so many things. One being that I don't just like men. Mm -hmm. And that was interesting because my partner now is a man. And mm -hmm. um, so kind of... I've talked to, dated, and have fallen for another woman who is also a solo non-monogamous. And um, honestly, meeting this person, it just kind of made so much makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know you said you were on TikTok. I don't know what your algorithm looks like, but mine <laughs> let me know that I was not fully heterosexual. <laughs> yeah, um. uh, for sure. Yeah, I'm not fully heterosexual either. So yeah. even though I've, I've only been in committed relationships with men. Same, yeah. But yeah, so, I, like, I like women. My mom actually asked me recently so my mom had a stroke about a month ago and we've, we've had a lot of she's doing great thank you she's doing great yeah. she's she's out of the hospital she's out of rehab she's like no really no issues other than just being weak and tired from being in bed for a month yeah but it definitely led to some interesting conversations especially drug-induced conversations <laughs> on her part not mine um 
and she was like so you you've uh you've been with girls I was like yes because she's listened to my podcast before and knew about a threesome that I was planning I love it uh, and she's like well how how many and I was like counting up for her I was like I think hmm, oh yeah maybe like six or seven or eight I don't know I've kind of lost count and she was like what do you mean you've lost count I was like I don't really keep score yeah I stopped keeping score my body count she's like <laughs> body count I was like yeah that's what the kids call it these days mom uh but there's your vocabulary word right but I yeah we were talking about dating and relationships and stuff and oh, I don't think she actually remembers very much of it sadly <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and I'm too afraid to, to come back around too right but wait for her maybe <laughs> right yeah but yeah figuring out like it is interesting to come again come to the place where you understand okay I'm not exactly straight but I I don't really know where I am on the, the Kinsey scale at this point oh yeah so I like my journey I kind of felt like once I saw, I saw this woman on Instagram and just an amazing model writer, just another creative. And, mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, I'm not jealous of this person. Like I'm not looking at them and like, oh, I want this. I want this. And I'm like, I'm not like, I didn't know what it was like, yeah, they're an amazing writer. They're beautiful. All these things. I'm like, oh, this is what it's like to be attracted to a woman. I'm just ah. attracted to a woman. Mm -hmm. And kind of after hanging out with them and dating and just talking about it with her, I kind of realized I feel a little bit like I was kind of just bred to be heterosexual. I feel like it's very much in our culture. And then my specific experience, I was a dancer from age four until I graduated high school. I did musical theater. I was always a performer. Mm -hmm. And because I'm one of three girls, I have two older sisters. Um, there was already the book smart one. There was already the adventurous kind of tomboy one. So I'm like, well, shit, what am I? And so I was mm. the performer. I was the pretty dancer and the, the social lights and the, all of that. And, and then you get older and, uh, you know, the attention of boys is like a currency Mm -hmm. like in middle school and high school yeah and I wasn't really in middle in middle school I wasn't super boy crazy um I remember my my best friend growing up she arranged my first kiss with a boy <laughs> she arranged my first boyfriend <laughs> um all of these things was also, it a good kiss and was it a good boyfriend uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean because we want to make sure the friend's taking care of you and not doing a shit yes. job but well, good I on her then was literally like uh, do you know of old shawnee days like the fair yeah so it was literally just like we she found a cute boy at the fair and she's like it's her birthday and she has never been kissed and so it's just oh. some <laughs> random boy that she made me kiss for my first kiss and i mean what i whatever you want to call that experience i don't <laughs> i don't know but but I really i'm not one of those who thinks like your first kiss needs to be so special and all that like meh. It yeah, happened. everyone's happened. My, everyone's happened in a different way. And it's always awkward. Doesn't matter. Oh yeah, no matter what, it's always awkward. That's the one criteria. I think it has to be. It just has to be awkward because yes. it's the first. <laughs> um, but yeah. So and then like in high school, I you know you talk with your girlfriends about 
about what you're interested in, what you do during solo time. And yeah, I happen to watch a lot of girl-on-girl porn, but I just thought everybody watches girl-on-girl <laughs> porn. I just figured, well, women are attractive. Everybody knows this. Um, turns out that's not the case. Not everybody watches girl-on-girl porn. Um, <laughs> right. So I had to also learned that lesson. <laughs> So then this year and dating has just kind of been messy. My partner, my boyfriend now, he has to listen to my coming of age that seems like it shouldn't have been happening as I'm nearing 30. Um, But I'm trying to have grace with myself. Like, I guess a lot of people are going through this same experience. And I know this because there's a woman on TikTok whose handle is late in life lesbian. So... (sighs) I know I'm not alone. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, I, I work with a lot of clients who, again, you talked about being bred for heterosexuality, that yes, that socialization and then that context, if all you see modeled around you is heterosexuality in media and all the parents that you're around with your friends, yeah, all the things, then it's just sort of the societal standard. And our society is getting queer and queer and queer by the day. Like oh, young, I love it. the yeah. young kids are out the most more and more people that are millennial and gen X are coming out. Even yeah. like, here's the thing, the Kenzie scale. Are you familiar with it? I'm not. So the Kenzie I know I've scale, heard of it, but I'm not familiar with it. I mean, you might hear in pop culture references, people like, Oh, you're a Kenzie too or I'm a Kinsey six, the Kinsey scale was developed by Alfred Kinsey to be a measure of where are we from completely heterosexual to homosexual and asexuality is like its own number. Um, But like everything, it's on a bell curve. So if you think about cutting off the sides and one is completely heterosexual and six is completely homosexual, think about how many people are in between. Yeah. And and we can be in between simply from our thoughts and our fantasies. We can be in between for we've done things in the past, but we're not currently doing them. Or there's things that we want to do. Um, it doesn't make you not bisexual just because you haven't actually had sex with someone that's you know not the opposite gender. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, with more and more people coming out as non-binary, there's mm-hmm. a lot more conversations around like pansexuality or just being queer yeah. because you can't exactly identify as bisexual if the person that you're dating is non-binary. Exactly. Yeah. You're not dating. Uh, if I'm a woman, I'm not dating a man, but I'm also not dating a woman. So mm-hmm. there's, there's been some, I think people are having some very interesting eye-opening experiences in the last few years. And I think the pandemic has definitely fueled people's openness and willingness to be like, Fuck it. Nothing else is going <laughs> the way that I thought it would go. Like, let's just try some shit that's new. Exactly. Here I am, new sexuality and everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh, take just a quick break and then we'll, we'll pick up where we left off. Absolutely. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute, so stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. All right, back from the break. 
I didn't mean to like cut you off there, but yeah, I want to take a quick break for the, got to try and get some commercials in there in the middle, but let's pick up where we left off. Absolutely. Let's see. So in talking about, you know, the, the pandemic and the energy that that sort of provided us, um, how did you get out there and especially over the last couple of years, try to, to find people to connect with when you're in a non-monogamous relationship? I mean, honestly, the industries that I'm in kind of helped at first with the bartending and serving. I met a lot of people there, but they're not always um, in the similar interests. The most thing that's tying you together is the shift drink and whatever other stimulants that you do to get through the shift. But, uh-huh. um, but then with the modeling and that added another element of the people that I saw. I was doing runway shows pre-pandemic. And um, so that was a way to network. And then Mm -hmm. as the pandemic happened and having to do more um, solo shooting and start to do the OnlyFans content with the quarantining and not being able to be around people, there's still a whole like community of content creators and just through Instagram photographers tagging you other models tagging you and honestly just reaching out to collaborate with people I've kind of used that as my excuse to make people be friends with me (laughs) I would say um when I think about like the the most authentic friendships that I have right now they're all really new I don't have that many long long-standing friendships because I've just grown a lot and I've also um uh yeah I I guess just grown a lot so Mm -hmm. all of my strongest relationships right now are pretty new and I would even say some of them are as new as starting that since uh, coronavirus Mm -hmm. and um some of them have just been people I've shot with and then discovered wow they've had their coming out story they've had their new discovery of the pronouns that they identify with slash the gender they identify with. And so I've just met a lot of new people from content creation, from Mm -hmm. sex work, from Mm -hmm. nude modeling, from it all. (laughs) I love it. Also, Mm -hmm. I think it's funny. I got a kick out of seeing your Instagram that your pronouns are pay me. (laughs) I've switched those around. I was so afraid that it would be offensive. Um, but um I saw it somewhere and I was just like that's actually really funny but I don't know it's kind of funny uh, that was another thing that inspired some of my sex work and the OnlyFans is my sexuality wasn't really mine when it started out um mm-hmm. and I know that a lot of people's cases they don't get the say or they don't get it to be their narrative and so um starting that OnlyFans page was really I pretty sure the first time I felt like my hands were in my creating my sexuality I felt like the movements I were doing I was like oh this is what it feels like to actually be in your body this is what it feels like to not be performing for someone or something Mm -hmm. and it was a so backwards to me because I actually you know I'm doing it for money now (laughs) like I was I was uh, doing, touching my body in a way that I was just like, I'm actually feel like I'm here with myself. And it took me being fed up and starting a kind of emotionally starting an OnlyFans page. And then I'm, I grew into myself and 
And so that that pay me as my pronouns is just a little leftover resentment. <laughs> oh, I hey, I I get it. And I got it because with you being a model, I'm like, I'm sure that you get a lot of asks for things that people should just be fucking paying you for, first yeah. of all. Oh yeah. But that's such a beautiful story about really figuring out more about yourself. And you touched on something that it sounds like you were really shocked about, which was in being sort of that performative person, you know, we may have this, these thoughts or this context around things like OnlyFans or sex work is you're doing it for other people. Like you're mm. performing something yeah. for someone else because they'll like it. But really when, when it is just you and the camera or you and a friend in the camera, you're not performing for anyone but each other or yourselves. Exactly. You, you're not going to get any feedback until it's posted. And yeah. if, if all you're thinking about is what someone's going to buy, I mean, outside of like, oh, people might like feet, so I might show more of my feet. That's, that's not what I mean. But mm -hmm. you have to be into it and you have to be authentic or people watching it know you're not being yourself. I mean, it's just like when we watch porn and you watch it and it's so performative you can make the distinguishment once you're doing sex, sex thing, sexy things for yourself. And you're watching somebody else who's not doing it for themselves. You're like, Oh, that doesn't look like they're actually enjoying themselves. Oh yeah. It shows. And that was like, I'm telling you the first time I ever sat down with my camera on the tripod, that's what I realized. I started touching myself. I'm like, this looks like a bad porno. And I was like, Oh wait, you've got to be here with yourself, Marisa. You've got to actually love yourself. <laughs> Yes, and actually love the way you're touching yourselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that for you. Thanks. Like, I'm excited about it. <laughs> so, and I think too, what you shared about finding a little bit more of a connection with people since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people's pretenses like fell away, and oh. when we were when we met people during the pandemic, whether it was online or, I mean, I met a lot of people either, you know, through social media or through doing my podcast. I have picked up some really awesome friends. I don't know if I would have talked to them or even met them had it not been for the pandemic. Yeah. And, and they all shared a lot about feeling like I have, I have nothing to gain by pretending to be that person that I was like, I'm over it. Yeah. So yeah, I think a lot of walls came down for a lot of people over the last couple of years. I love it. My super sensitive, emotional self just loves it. It's being people, people. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I definitely saw an uptick in the amount of people who are willing to call me for coaching services. Like a lot of people were like, I can't keep doing this. Whatever mm. this is, I can't keep doing it. It's time for yeah. change. So, well, what's, what's ahead for you? Hmm. So ahead, as I try to completely be an entrepreneur, um, I, I'm a travel bug. I born and raised in the Midwest, mm -hmm. but none of my family's from here. Mom's from Brooklyn, New York, dad from Guyana, South America. I have been saying since I was a child, I just want to consume the world. And I've done a lot for myself as a 28 year old. I've been to India. I've gone to different parts of Mexico, Cozumel, and, but it's just gonna, it's about to be a full-time thing. I have finishing up a lease here and then 
it'll just be booking gigs in states and watching me travel and learn and grow and move. Hell yeah. That's mm. awesome. When will that start? Um, I believe in August is gotcha. when my lease is up here. Yeah. Mm, I also love to travel. I've been to 26 countries and mm. I think 43 states, something like that. Nice. But, um, if I could just travel the world and do my coaching sessions remotely from anywhere, I would do it. Uh, I just I, can't hear to my cats. <laughs> really hands-on work kind of though. Got to be with the people. Yeah. I mean, I, I half my clients I do virtual these days because they're just not in Kansas city. Cause they found me on TikTok or whatnot. Um, in fact, one of my new clients is in Europe. So very cool. Yeah. I really could do my job from pretty much anywhere. Um, but yeah, I'd have to get rid of my cats and they're not quite old enough to like, I'm not gonna say like, they're not quite old enough to euthanize. I just mean like they're, yeah. my dog is about no, on the verge it. of death, but like my cats still have some life in them. But after that, I've definitely thought about doing the RV life. Yes, that has been, I follow so many of the van life pages. Um, I actually, there's one girl I follow on TikTok and it wasn't her original plan to be living in a van, but um, circumstances, life, COVID, those kinds of things. And she actually lived out of her car before getting her RV. And it just like, even that, I just love how every day you wake up and you just have to be present when you're traveling. You have to be there. You have to figure yeah. out the next steps in that moment. It's not about sinking into routine, habit, disassociation, complacency. <laughs> yes, yes. Travel is very, very much about being present. And, yeah. and I hope that that's one of the things that people really start focusing on more. Um, it, I think that it was easy to be present in the first few months of the pandemic when all you had was to like look around at the place and space and the folks that were in your life. Yeah. Um, but when I talk about presence with my clients, uh, I talk a lot about Eckhart Tolle and the power of now, you know, not residing mm, in the past and like guilt and shame and not residing in the future with fear and anxiety and just releasing those things and focusing on what is going on with you right here and right now. And yeah, <laughs> if you're going to be just booking gigs and traveling all over and just going from one month to the next, I'm sure there's going to be some amount of anxiety, but if you practice being present, like, oh my God, you're just going to have a hell of a good time. And it's the good kind of anxiety. Yeah. I mean, anxiety in tropics, anxiety in new environment. <laughs> yeah. And I think the adaptability piece, I mean, that's something that people who are trying to grow their own brand or grow their own business and be an entrepreneur and not have like a brick and mortar, not have like a product, but folks more like us. Yeah. It is so important to learn to be present and to put your focus into something that is giving something back to you. If, if having a lease and having a house doesn't do anything for your life, but picking up and traveling for a minimum of a year does like fucking do it. If, yeah. if the again, spicy account is what makes you more money and gets you more attention than doing, you know, this other website, like you do that. It's, it's about the adaptability and just being so incredibly present that you're willing to release that attachment that you might've had to a plan yeah. or something like that and say like, well, that's not working. This is. 
I was just saying that to another person. Just do it all. Do whatever the passion is with all of you. And you can't be, you can't be unhappy if you're doing the thing that you, is that quiet voice in the back of your head. If you do that fully, there's only so much that can go wrong. (laughs) Yes, absolutely right. Absolutely right. How, I'm curious, didn't you do a thing a couple of months ago over the summer, maybe with Casey body casting? Yes. Oh my goodness. Can I ask you about that experience? Uh, Well, I mean, I know that I'm, was a performer child, but I figured it was everybody's dream to have a statue of themselves as an adult. Apparently not, but I got to do it with Casey body casting and, um, same as Don. He's a hilarious, but uh, it's a weird experience. I mean, you're being slathered with like paper mache like stuff, and it's it's so like, what do you want to know about it? Because I could go on for days. Oh, uh, I mean, I want to know all because I I also do want a statue of myself. <laughs> I want it, mm-hmm. well, I want it more to like give to my partner Matthew as yeah. like a, a wall piece. Uh huh. Um, <sighs> He lo- he loves my body sometimes more than I love my own body. And part of me has wondered if I had my body on the wall and it was something that I could observe and be outside yeah. of myself, would I feel differently about it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've struggled with my weight through my life. Um, I've, I'm down 65 pounds from my heaviest point at this point, but definitely have some things that I'm still working through <laughs> with my own body. I like the body casting as a way to really see your body. Um, When you walk into his home slash shop, there are casts everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm telling you walls and of just statues. So I have done probably, I've I've done probably over five, probably maybe even 10 casts with him. But um, if I walked into his apartment, I couldn't tell you which one's mine. And then mm-hmm. he has to tell me, he has to tell, point it out to me. And so it, what that did for me is just show mm-hmm. me like, these are all beautiful statues. And then when I look at each of the body parts, these are all beautiful body parts. Mm-hmm. Yes, I see a, a roll here. Sometimes the casting does even pick up a, a deep stretch mark or a deep beauty mark. And um and when you're looking at it as a statue, it's just like a beautiful piece of art. Mm-hmm. And then when you're just like, yeah, that one's you. And you're just like, wait, did I just like idol admire my own stretch mark? Did I just look at it in this beautiful way when I can't do that for myself in the mirror in the morning as I'm r- late for work? You know, it's so I would say that everyone should probably get a cast just because it's it's looking outside of yourself. It's <sighs> but it is looking at yourself. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it. Time. Well, and his, I, I reached out to him on Instagram. Well, two things. I want a body cast of myself and I was curious how much it costs. And plus, if I refer clients, I wanted to be able to give them an idea. Fucking yeah. reasonable as hell for those prices for what yeah. he makes. Um, yeah. And I think what actually got me interested in doing a body cast was uh, in my Pottery One class or Ceramics One class in college. Um, a girl did a cast of her own body and then did a series of three casts and did very different, um, 
you know, finishes on them. One was like wrapped in barbed wire and yeah, just these other things. And she put it up in her dining room as like a series. And I've always been like, oh, that's just like, that'd be fucking amazing to have your own like form in your house and people walking you're like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still, because I've done so many, I haven't purchased any of the ones that I've done with him yet because it's just like, well, I want them all. Like, how am I supposed to decide and choose and so I just go over there and visit myself in statue form (laughs) well and then the other thing is I really wanted to interview him for my podcast or for the pitch or something he's like no I'm good I'm like but what now that makes me want to interview him even more because he's playing hard to get (laughs) oh I completely believe it I completely believe it he's a um just a fun guy he's very so, I mean, we're both, I mean, we, you are a sex and relationship coach. I do some pretty intimate things as well, um, mm-hmm. including my spicy site. So he's 100% professional. Mm-hmm. But then um, as soon as, you know, I make the first kind of off kilter joke, and then it's just like, oh, he picked it up. And so like those first few sessions, like we had maybe one or two jokes, then it's like, oh, we can joke about these things, you know? And then as I've gotten to know him, he's just a big heart um funny guy but yeah very private he does like to keep things very professional and very separate i've i've cracked him a little bit though we can do some some joking gotcha i i believe it i believe that he would not do that well i mean like i just want to know being somebody who's i mean obviously i talk about sex a lot i've got sex toys on my shelves all that kind of stuff like there's yeah. not many people in this community that I can just talk to openly about sex and bodies and, and all the things. And yeah. And what he does again, art, nude art is not necessarily about sexuality, but there is something inherently sensual about it. Yeah. Um, and there's something in, incredibly intimate about it. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of, I just wanted to pick his brain about what got him into it and what more about what are people's experiences like with it, especially with the experience of like seeing their body and seeing it in a different way than they would have if they're just looking in the mirror or seeing a picture of themselves. Oh yeah. And I feel like you and I, I feel like a lot of people, their stances talking about these things is very empowering. Um, and I could see maybe, maybe, well, this is just projection. Maybe he doesn't want to because he's a, a man. And I feel like sometimes men don't feel like they're allowed to talk so openly about this in the climate that we have um, yeah. right now. Yeah. So perhaps I, I know some of my male friends that are like boudoir photographers, mm-hmm. you know, they, they don't really talk about it as publicly and they, you know, they have their pages and stuff, but yeah they're not the ones driving the conversations on like their private groups they're you know allowing their their customers to do that and stuff and yeah yes i would agree that what i'll say is this my mentor dr patty Britton, she said i understand that we are currently in a climate where a lot of coaches may not want to work with men however we are then doing men an incredible disservice because they are human beings. We all deserve pleasure. Yes. And 
we can't just have this attitude of like men are trash. Yeah. You know, there, there are men who are problematic just as there are women who are problematic. And I, as a coach, sort of feel that responsibility of sort of taking these people who could do a little better or even better and sort of then setting them out into the world to do that and to be the best possible partner that they can. Yeah. So in that way, I feel I'm responsible for helping spread love and joy for everyone. You know, even if this guy's like a little bit of an asshole or a little bit clueless, I don't want to just write them off. I want to include them in the conversation and help them. I feel like to say, to just be right off men are trash altogether. It's, it's a part, it's, we, it's a chain reaction. We're all feeding into it. Every there's a, Mm -hmm. it's affected by everyone and affecting everyone. Yes. Yes. It's so limiting. It's so limiting. Again, I don't think that going through decades or hundreds of years of oppression as a woman should then just mean that we push the pendulum the other way to oh, where yeah. we're shit talking about them. So it's more of we need to all meet in the middle and just be good human beings to each other. Yeah. But I think there is definitely a climate right now where a lot of men are afraid to participate in sex positive spaces yeah. um, or sex positive conversations. You know, when I look at the body positivity pages or um, reproductive rights and all that stuff, when you look at comments and you look at people that follow, it's there's not a ton of men there. And I don't think it's because they don't want to be in those spaces. I think it's they worry if they're welcome in those spaces. Absolutely. That's another thing I didn't really expect to come of my uh, OnlyFans page is I've gotten to hear, although... Um, the outrages for women's oppression, the climate seems like an outrage of women's oppression right now, but I got to hear all that's happening for the male experience. I get to have conversations, um, intimate conversations with the male experience. And it really took away, it it allowed me to see that men are human, even though uh, many of them have hurt me, they're still humans. And they still have their own experience and their own perspective and their own takeaway. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think we could probably have done a whole episode about that. Yeah. <laughs> we can do a round two. Yeah. Well, and so I was a phone sex operator one summer. Um, mm-hmm. Partly it was right when I started this business. And it was partly just to see what the experience was like, partly to hone my skill at being able to hear what I may have perceived as slightly outrageous or kind of extreme and keep a straight face or not like be like, what did you just say? Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the phone calls I made the most money on, we were just talking Mm -hmm. and a lot of them were just talking about their experience and, uh, talking about their fears. Um, I had, couple of them be like, you, you should really consider being a therapist. You're pretty good. I was like, thanks. I'll take that under advisement. Little did they know I was just practicing for my coaching business. We're on our way. You're helping. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, uh, Marisa, how do people find you online? Uh, it is Risa pink 93 on all, all avenues. Uh, R I S A P I N K 93. Very good. So you're on Instagram. Are you on Twitter? Uh, I, I know that I am. I don't keep up with it. I need to be. Um, 
as soon as I figure out, as soon as I figure it out, okay. I'm getting there. <laughs> you are on TikTok, right? Yes. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Instagram is probably the most active and uh, the fastest response rate for me. I need to double check if I follow you on TikTok. Let me look real quick. Or the OF. Tell me the yeah, <laughs> we'll see her. How do I? Oh, do I don't need it. R I S A. Pink. Oh, there you are. Okay. Follow back. Admittedly, sometimes people in Kansas City follow me and I miss when they followed. Um, yeah. It, TikTok has been a wild fucking journey in 2021 oh, for me. I feel it. I feel the same. I mean, it told me I was lesbian. Well, they told me I like women. <laughs> <laughs> the the things that the algorithm can show about ourselves. Right. Interesting. It's funny when people comment on my page, like, why is this on my FYP? Like, oh boo-boo. It's your it's your own algorithm. That means mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's your innermost self. <laughs> yeah. The hardest part for me is when I end up on white cishet Christian male. TikTok. Oh. Mm. Yeah, I have to do a lot of blocking real quick. Oh, Otherwise, it just blows up. Oh, I bet. It sucks. Anyway, start well, a separate outreach program, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I have the bandwidth for them at the moment. Yes. Simply because there would be, I, I could there would be so much to get them up to speed on, um, on just basic fundamental human rights. Mm -hmm. I don't have the time for all that shit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I need people to sort of already be in a space where they're like, I believe that humans actually do deserve equality and equity. And well, the only place yeah. to start, we got to start there. I know. Right. I, my, my marketing guy, he had asked me a couple of years ago on some of my posts. He's like, you're getting, I just want to point out, you're getting a little bit more political. Like you're going to, definitely have some people who aren't going to like that. And I'm like, I am okay with that because yeah. if you're not okay with basic fundamental human rights, we're not going to get along anyway. And yep. it's not that I have anybody say like, Oh, because of your beliefs, I don't want to sign up for your services. I think they just don't reach out. Yeah, absolutely. And I have never had an issue since I have been really clear through my social media posts of how I think and how I believe uh, I've never had a client suddenly go like, oh, hey, I saw that uh, you went to Pride this weekend. Like, I have a problem with mm -hmm. that. Never happened. They're, they're all... I love about just coming out as more authentic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you are yourself, you will simply attract the people who like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, keep getting out there and being your authentic self too. Good luck with everything. And um, I wish you all the best as you continue your entrepreneurial journey. Thank and you. I can't wait to check out your OnlyFans page. Yay. Come on down. And I will, I will uh, say that I've loved the cherry popping of podcast experience. <laughs> yes. Yes. All righty, dear. We'll have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we talked about during the episode. 
You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my safe for work or not safe for work email list, which I call the Dirty Bird. If you want less censored content about sex and relationships and want to know what I'm up to, please subscribe to that list. Send me an email, Kristen at Open the Doors Coaching, if you have a question, want to book a session, or want more information on my upcoming workshops. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.